Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. Um, we've been looking at the different laws that were passed, and I mentioned we would talk more about um, the Education for All Handicapped Children Act of 1975, which was called Public Law, or PL 94142. Um, it was revised in 1990 um, and in 2004, and we usually refer to this now as IDEA because it's just a little bit easier to say. It has several key principles that are very important for us to be aware of. Um, you'll note that these key ideas, one big one is the free, a public, free appropriate public education. It's called FAPE. Um, it incorporated that decision that we talked about earlier with PARC. Um, and then remember it was revised again in DC. Um, it is key that we realize that we're talking about public education. So um, these um, principles in this particular set of laws do not apply to private education or parochial education. Um, private schools and parochial schools can choose to do what they wish to. They do not have to follow these laws. Um, but any public school must. It is mandated that they follow what is listed in here. The school will provide for any child, no matter what their disability, a free education, right? and it must be appropriate. It doesn't have to be maximum, and we'll look at that a little bit in, in a minute, but it does have to be appropriately designed individually for the particular child that we are talking about. And you can't just dump them in a room and not do anything with them. You must do something. Now, schools have options there. If a child is... Um, a child that they feel like they really cannot educate well in their school system and they cannot provide an appropriate education, they can choose to pay um, a tuition and send that child to a school somewhere else. Now, parents can't decide that, but the school system can. Um, one child that I sent to another school when I was doing this testing was a child who was six years old and he was uh, in a, a first grade class. Um, and he was, I was testing him for giftedness and he was, um, I ended up having to pull the adult intelligence test for him. He was so smart um, that we really didn't have an appropriate place to put him. We could have given him gifted class for a couple of days a week um, for just a little bit. So we sent him to uh, a school for the gifted, which is where he belonged, and we paid the tuition because um, it wouldn't have been appropriate to bring in a teacher just to teach him. So sometimes you, you choose to do that, but that, again, is the school's choice. The least restrictive environment, we're also going to look at a little bit further, but this is where does this child um, get placed uh, in the school system? Is he, is he or she going to be in the regular classroom with um, children who have no exceptionalities, or do they need a classroom um, that's self-contained with a teacher who works just with children with special ed, maybe a little bit smaller level of students there? Um, another thing that this law mandated was um, the IEP, which stands for the Individualized Education Program. These are individually written um, for every child who has an exceptionality that explains what that child will receive while they are being educated. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. All right, procedural due process is a legal term that just allows the parents and the school 
um, some legal recourse if they feel very uncomfortable about how things are progressing. And if a parent doesn't like the fact that um, the child has an exceptionality and they don't like the exceptionality that was um, ruled, they can ask for someone else to come and test that child again. Um, so it gives some legal rights to both sides. Non-discriminatory assessment is based on that lawsuit that we looked at where we were looking at Diana versus the California Board of Education. Um, this says that all children must have assessment in their native language and there can be no discriminatory elements. So obviously if a child is blind, I'm going to have to give them some sort of auditory test where they don't look at pictures and try to say what's missing in this picture. Um, it can be, um, it's a good thing, it can be tough if you uh, have a child who speaks a language that no one in your area speaks. Um, I, I did most of my uh, work as a school psychologist in South Louisiana, and we had folks who could speak the Cajun language that was very prevalent there. But we had a little girl come into our school system who spoke Vietnamese and needed to be assessed. And we had a lot of trouble finding someone in the United States who was trained in assessment and who spoke Vietnamese and was willing to come down and test this child for us. Um, it cost us a lot of money to do that, but we did do it. Um, now, this is, again, just assessment. So if a child is typical, they can just be plopped in the classroom and they'll pick it up, the, the English language. All right, parent participation is mandated, and we do need to have parents sign along the way um, for various steps in our referral and our assessment process, and so they need to be involved and know what's going on. And the, those are the big things that the law uh, idea provided, but it does also provide some child fund programs. These are to um, help us locate children who might have an exceptionality as early as we can. And we would give flyers out to pediatricians, to you know daycare settings, to preschool settings, looking for children who need some additional help. Um, it mandates that you will keep all of the information that you learn about a particular child and his family uh, as confidential. And it does provide some in-service training for the teachers in general ed who would have these children included into their classroom. All right, another um, legislation um, act that's important for us is Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. And you can see that this is a, a civil rights piece of legislation that we've just sort of taken on like we did um, the Brown study. Um, it provides us with a little broader definition of children who would be eligible for services than IDEA does. And what it says is that there is um, no individual that can be excluded from participating in any program at school that receives federal funding because they have a disability. And this was actually uh, really more of a civil rights issue. They set this up to cover disabilities after that. But we will have children sometimes um, who will have a 504 ruling and they didn't meet eligibility rulings under IDEA, but this is particularly true for maybe ADHD. Um, but the school may have to develop a plan for them that gives reasonable accommodations. And that is because they do have a disability. Um, they're having difficulty with their schooling. They just don't follow um, the IDEA eligibility. 
Um, so if there's a physical or a mental impairment of any kind that limits any kind of life activity, um, walking maybe, seeing, hearing, learning, they might be eligible for services. Um, again, as I mentioned, um, this is where ADHD is oftentimes covered. It, it sometimes goes under other health impairments, but quite often it's a 504 ruling for ADHD. Um, something like allergies that are very severe, um, again, maybe OHI for other health impairments, but um, if not and, and it doesn't meet IDEA standards, then they may get a 504 ruling. This is just a way to get the kids the additional help that they need. Um, another big um, legislation is uh, done in 1990. It's Public Law 101-336, and it is oftentimes referred to as the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, it was set up to help folks in the public sector and some private sectors. I mean, your home does not have to um, be set up not to discriminate, but um, if it's a private business, um, they would need to make sure that they were not discriminating against people with disabilities. Um, this law set up the handicap parkings that you are familiar with, um, put braille letters on elevators and bathroom doors, widened um, the aisles in grocery stores so that someone could drive a wheelchair cart through. Um, they used to be very, very narrow and widened some doorways and places and just made it essentially easier for those who are disabled. It also expanded the definition of what a disability was and to be um, the eligibility here was eligibility to get disability um, payments from the government. Um, that included people who have um, substance abuse issues, alcoholism or drugs, um, those who might have AIDS, um, and any other impairment that was seen as limiting your major life activities. Um, some folks have issues with some of those definitions, but those right now are uh, eligible for disability payments. Um, in this law, it said anyone who was an employer, even a private employer, um, a transit system, any kind of company who provided for the, the public um, must make at least reasonable accommodations for those who might be um, using their services. Um, other legislation, remember litigation is required first. Um, we sue um, because we don't get some service that we might want and that allows us then to change legislation over time and to we also uh, have litigation that helps us interpret the legislation we already have to determine the limits of that legislation. One such example is a lawsuit in 1978. Um, you'll see these dates are a lot in the 70s and that's when the laws really begin to shift. Um, this is Stewart versus Nappy, and it involved um, a case where a child had been expelled due to disabilities. Um, what they found in this law is that now you um, will not allow children to be expelled for disciplinary reasons. This is a child who has um, a ruling, not just any child, um, unless they've had a due process hearing. Um, expulsion was considered a change of placement and going to a more restrictive environment and also being more restrictive, sending them home, denied them educational opportunity. Um, so at this point, we began to look at what was allowed and what was not allowed for those children um, with exceptionalities who had disciplinary issues. 
Another big one was Armstrong versus Klein in 1980. Um, they found that a lot of children, now all children regress a little bit in the, in the summer. And we review, when we come back to third grade, we review what we learned in second grade a little bit. But there are some children with disabilities who regress so much that they really can't pick back up to where they were um, at the beginning of school. And that was the case here. And so now the ruling is that states must provide an extended school year for those children that we believe will lose what they have gained during that school year if they stop being educated. Um, so all school systems have to have something that goes in the summer. Um, they don't have to have every single school that provides this, but there must be one that you can at least take a child to um, that's reasonably close for them. Um, another big um, case was the Board of Education of the Hendrick Hudson Central District versus a uh, little girl named Amy Rowley. In 1984, she was eight years old. Um, this is a child who was deaf and she was um, going to public school and she was actually doing fairly well um, in her classes, but her family requested that she have a sign language interpreter um, so that she would actually have an easier time in the classroom. And you can see this request was denied. Um, what they decided in this particular case is actually very important. Um, this goes back to that appropriate education that we have to provide for each child. And the ruling was the school must provide an appropriate education, which they felt they were doing because the child was passing, but that we don't have to give the maximum possible education, the absolute best education um, every time. And obviously that interpreter would have given her the maximum possible education. So um, we have to do what's appropriate. If you want maximum more than that, sometimes you'll have to go elsewhere and pay for it yourself. Okay, we're going to stop right there.